I'm Ashley Aiken. And I'm Chris Cerna. The wedding industry has unintentionally perpetuated a culture of chasing perfection at the cost of your relationships and mental peace. We know this because we've spent a combined 16 years photographing weddings. Together, we dive into the silent struggles of the modern engaged couple, like you. Our goal is to empower you to pop that perfection bubble, embark on the journey of self-awareness, forge your own wedding planning path, and and ultimately ultimately cultivate a healthy and thriving marriage. Welcome to the Bridal Breakdown Podcast. Thank you for listening. Ashley, what has been new in your world this last week? I am in a sweater and socks and all the bundled up layers because of we are currently in like what feels like the day after tomorrow. I feel like I'm oh living God. in the day after tomorrow. I've I've seen some memes like that from my family in Texas sharing like it's called the day after Texas and yeah it's like from the cover of the day after tomorrow it is we're in a nice age legitimately yeah like I was so addicted to this idea that we're in the day after for the last like few days like just living in negative temperatures and then it feels like negative 30 I was like Justin all I want to do today is a get my office ready which I did very excited about it nice and yeah you painted you did all sorts of stuff. it was a lot i hate painting man we had also had to paint the ceiling because we had really lame stencils Ugh. from like the 90s in the corners and it was like dark so i had to go over i mean oh it was just it was a nightmare don't paint your ceiling it is so have your future buyers in mind who are gonna have to paint over oh that oh my gosh but so all i wanted to do was paint the this room and get it ready and set up so i could feel like a functioning human and then watch Day After Tomorrow. Literally, that's all I wanted you, to so do yesterday. So you guys watched Day After Tomorrow. We did. I rented it for $1.99 on Amazon Prime. And that's awesome. we consumed the Does crap. it hold up? I am seeing it through different eyes than I think when I saw it back in, I don't know when. It came out in 04. But yeah. A, Jake Gyllenhaal was a baby. B, yeah. Is it? Is her name Emmy Rawson? Is that how you say her name from um, Shameless? Have you ever seen Shameless? No, we've talked about Shameless, but I, oh, I haven't it's seen it. Gold, you'd love it. You would love it. But okay, we, I need to add that to our list. One hundred percent. It's so good. Um, but she's Fiona in Shameless. Um, I think her name is Emmy Rawson. Uh, Emmy something. Anyways, she yeah. was also a baby. Like all of these people, and then you just see them talk about like climate change and like global warming i don't know and i feel like in 2004 like it was all kind of a little bit of a myth i don't know it yeah well it just felt like this could never happen yeah yeah there's another movie like that that uh, we watched was it 2021 2012 2012 2012 right yeah and that's got like a it's like where the world is falling apart, right? Well, I haven't seen it, but when I searched a day oh after tomorrow, God. it came up also, which is the only reason Dude. I assume that that's. So I recently watched it. I, I couldn't watch it in one sitting. I had to break it up because my anxiety was so high watching it because it feels like it. Here's how it makes you feel. It makes you feel so fragile and so small and like your world, our world can just be destroyed in any like anytime and it was just so because they have these epic super cgi scenes with like 
the basically land crumbling underneath earthquakes and just falling into itself. And you see just like these buildings and stuff getting destroyed. And you're like, Oh my God, there was 5,000 people that just got murdered right there in that scene that died. Oh, this was from 2009 is when the movie came out. 2012. Yeah. It's good. It, it holds up. I mean, the CGI is pretty good too. I would. It's it's scary though. So these are my favorite kind of movies, Chris. And so I literally wrote down, watch 2012 and I might do that tonight. My friend Stephanie is coming in from out of town. Um, she's like passing through on her way to Denver. And cool. so she'll be here tonight and I might watch it. But I also, she may not want to watch it. Justin Justin would like it. Any movies. So here's here's my genre. I will gladly always take exception or exceptions, recommendations for any films or any TV shows that are post-apocalyptic of nature. So... I, that's why I love Day After Tomorrow because it shows like current New York in under yep. ice. And like I love oh, yeah. seeing like the world that we know like in a shifted reality. It's like my yes. favorite genre. It's like dystopian. Like The 100 is a really good TV show that oh, I like. Oh my God. Okay. So you're going to have to let me know what you think about 2012 okay. if you watch it tonight because it is like, I think it holds up. It's good. It's, and I, I'm interested to see if it makes you nervous at all because it made okay. me very nervous. Okay. I'll totally let you um, know. But it's good. Yeah. I, I dig it. I like it. Yeah. So that's, that was the core is also another one that I've recently watched. That's like that. The core. That's pretty good. The core. Yeah. It's got a, Oh, who's in it. It's basically where the, the center, the core of the earth, they have to like build a machine and go down to the center of the earth and like restart the core of the earth because They've been messing with it. Okay. Random. And it causes all of these crazy super, like, uh, these crazy phenomenons in the world that are happening because of it. Uh, I heard this on TikTok because, you know, all of knowledge lately is now found on TikTok. But <laughs> did you know that the core, like the concept of the core is a theory? Inner core, outer core. Oh, wait, no, the, the like the mantle. Wait, I did, isn't there an inner core and an outer core? I don't remember, but it's all a theory. I thought this was fact. No, it's not because we don't have the technology to get down that far and actually see if like our theories behind what's the, the center true. of our pants. Yeah, we had no idea. It's a theory. It's just a widely accepted theory. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not fact. It's bizarre. Anyways. Day after tomorrow. Day after you tomorrow. liked it. You're here for it. Check yes. out 2012. Okay, I'm doing And it. let me know what you think. I cannot believe that the core is like not a proven theory. I would have thought. I mean, it's like in textbooks. They teach it. Yeah, but it's a theory. It's a theory. Well, at least that's what TikTok said. But again, that's when we're no, getting TikTok our TikTok is right. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's got it. I also had something else to tell you from one of the first uh, episodes we recorded. Guess what, Justin and I started rewatching. What? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yep. Yes. Yeah, we started rewatching it, and I don't remember anything. Like I'm, like I've seen Dude, this whole I don't, thing. I didn't either. No, and I'm like, wow. Oh my god, wait, Justin, what happens? Does he die? Oh my gosh, and like I don't recall much, and so it's really cool because it's so been long Justin, enough that I'm re- getting to like relive this experience. Is Justin digging it? Is he? Is it hold up for you guys? Yes. Yes. Only yeah. like I try to I try to watch it before bed because that's when I watch TV. Is when I'm, and it, it gives me too much anxiety. <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. I freaking love Jesse, man. He is yeah. he's great. So you said something that reminded me of Lara. You said that you it's been enough time 
and you feel like it's a brand new show. Yeah. So Lara told, told me the other day, she literally, her words, never remembers the premise of anything. Movies or shows. Are you so serious? Anytime she watches, yes. Anytime she watches a movie over again, it's like she's watching it for the first time. What? Yeah. Yep. She just does not, like, she does not retain the information. And I don't understand it okay. at all. So you know that I've heard recently, also maybe like a TikTok or something. but From TikTok? <laughs> I heard that there are people, this is also how I found out, like, that butterfly thing. Like, when you're falling in love, butterflies are, yeah. like, actually a sign of, like, don't be with this person. Um, I told her about that. She said she, with her terrible, terrible ex, that that was a thing. Yeah. I saw it again, yeah. but this time I saw it, th- this time it was like on like Oprah or something, but not Oprah, but like it was on some like big talk show where they were actually talking about how butterflies are negative. Anyways, um, I saw on TikTok, crap, this was so good. Oh, people rewatch the people that like, there are people who love to rewatch The Office and like rewatch like all of these shows that they know what's yeah. going to happen and they don't like watching new shows because they like the predictability of the old shows. And it's like tied in with like anxiety. So like these people really? don't like to experience the new shows because they don't know what's going to happen. And they're like, oh my gosh, this makes Whoa. so much sense on why I'm a rewatcher. So, okay. So but here's what it is for me. Here's how, what it is for me. And I wonder if anyone else feels this way. I rewatch things for the same reason that I order the same thing at a restaurant. Like I'll order the same thing at every time is because I already know I like it and there's no risk in me wasting my time. Same thing with food. Like, I already know I like this. I'm not going to waste money. So it's like, I already know the value that I'm going to get. Maybe it's a lesser value because I've already had it before with the show, but with food, no, it's always the same. Like, it's great. So that's what it is for me. It's not like a fear of like not wanting to experience anything new as much as it is like, I already like this. I don't want to waste my time. Oh my gosh. Okay. I just got really excited and started writing things down. We are going to do this. So next Monday, or well, when the day this releases, when you're listening to this, I'm going to poll all of you guys on these things Chris and I are saying, and I'm so yes. curious on how you're feeling. If you rewatch those or you reorder the same meals, and maybe even it might be fun if we can get like on like those drag to the, the you know, oh, the drag yeah. ones and get people's opinions on like 2012 and like day after tomorrow. Yes. Oh my gosh. So like same thing. I'm going to rate day after tomorrow with like a and I'm just I'm a terrible critic. I don't I think if it's if I'm entertained, I'm happy. And so I feel like day after tomorrow for me was like somewhere between like 75 and 100 percent on like the amount of entertainment that I got from it. <laughs> I'm sure people. it has like a 6.4 score on like IMDb or Rotten it was Tomatoes a good movie. We own the DVD. If that tells you anything, I mean, it was DVD worthy. Okay, then yeah, that does sell me something. Okay, okay. Heck yeah, pull the. I'm ready to pull these people. I am. Okay, okay, okay. I like totally. I didn't mean to ignore you. I was listening to you do you, like you reorder the same meals, which same honestly. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, this is so good. I don't want to forget this. Okay. Okay. Cool. So you did that. You rewatching Breaking Bad. It's going over well. Yes. It's going good. Yes. Love Digging you. it. Mm-hmm. Um. So I have I have two things that I can share with you. Okay. That have kind of been up. So we have, um, we have some friends down in Belle Plaine who they are just like, they're some of our favorite people. Um, they, the husband built his house with his bare hands. Uh, yeah. And it's a cute house too. It's like a farmhouse. Uh, it's just, it's an amazing home. It's beautiful. Like every time we go there, I just want to steal it. 
Um, You're so like, I'm going to build a house now. I am men. Yes. Hear me roar. It's just, it's got so many windows. It's just, oh, it's just great. great. I love it. That's great. And then it's on land, which Lara and I eventually want land one day. Like dream, dream world for me is we get a property that's got like 18 or 20 acres and we have a home on it. Um, and yeah, and then we have that and we're kind of outside of the city limits, but we're still close enough to like travel to go get groceries, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate goal. It's like kind of where I live. Yeah. Yeah. Build a home, be away from people, but be near people, but not right on them like in the suburbs. Um, so that, you know, when the world ends, we can just go in our bunker with all of our guns. No, I'm kidding. We don't even have any guns. <laughs> um, but so our friends, the Georges, they uh, are just the cutest family ever. And they have animals. So at first they started with chickens and then they got goats and then they have rabbits and all this stuff. So they're like trying to homestead and everything. Uh, and we just hung out with them and they just started. She was telling me about how she wants to start like a homesteading YouTube channel and everything and like have this YouTube going. So anyways, I built like, I bought their domain for them. We came up with a name. We bought a domain. Uh, she created an Instagram, all that kind of thing. So they're going to start doing it. But their farm is going to be called Jericho Farms. Um, and so they're on Instagram. You can look them up if you really want to follow along with like a really cute family and just their little homesteading life. But it's so funny. Their goal, like she is crazy about goats and wants to like have a goat, like breed goats to like do things with their milk. Like create soaps and, and like milks and all sorts of stuff. Like I guess there's a ton of things that you can do with goat milk to create things. I had no clue. <clears throat> goats freak me out. Their eyes are crazy. But um goats are cool. But they anyways, I'm we spend a lot of time with them and around their animals. So I think what we want to do here, if our landlord lets us, is I want to get chickens. And I want to raise chickens. Oh my god. And have them. Justin is going to just be more obsessed with you, Chris. He, he we he begged me for chickens two days ago. We live in the country, right? Did he really? Yeah, we went to Orschlands in Goddard. And have you ever been to an Orschlands? It's like no. it's for farmers. Like it's we went looking for um like salt for our water softener. Oh, okay, and yeah, yeah. We were we didn't grab it at Walmart, so we were like, well, let's stop in the Orschlands on our way home. And it's like a farm and country store. <laughs> yeah. Um they are selling chickens right now and they're so cute. They're like $3 a chicken, $2 a chicken. Oh my gosh. Or you can get, and do you know how cheap it is for feed for chickens? No, it's not expensive. Okay. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. Justin really yeah, so wants, he, Justin chickens. wants them. I think that's just another animal to take care of. And I'm already like, I love my dogs and I love my cat and yeah. they bring me literally so much joy. Those in my plants, I love taking, so maybe I would enjoy it because I like love taking, well, I love taking care of my plants. I don't love taking care of my dogs solely because of like the heartache that I get when like they have an allergic reaction yeah. or like who's going to watch them. Like all these like thoughts that go through my mind, like who's going to watch uh -huh. my dogs when I'm gone and it stresses me out. Like, well, the chickens, but you can like go out of town and you just leave them alone and you just fill their food up and they're fine. Like you don't have to do anything. Are they loud? Will my neighbors hate me? I mean, I I'm on an so. acre. <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, I'm close. So I don't know what our landlord is going to say. Um, Especially cause you're renting. But we really, I, I really want chickens and like, we'll get fresh eggs, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Like, I think it would just be really, really, really fun, really exciting. And 
it would be something that I think would be good for the kids. Like wake up in the morning, we go get the eggs out, we eat the eggs. Like we also want to start a garden this year, like outside, like a vegetable garden. So the home that we're renting has like this, man, it's, I mean, it's pretty big. It's like a, it's probably like a 10 by 10, uh, raised bed and everything. And my brother like cleared it out, weeded it, everything last, last year when we moved in. And so we want to have some like vegetables and stuff like that. But our ultimate goal is like, I would love for us to be on land and have some animals and some like we grow our own food. That just sounds so fun to me. Um, so I've, I've convinced Lara she's, she's going to let me. Um, and our friends already said that they'll like raise the chickens. Like they'll start to, you know, their chickens are going to lay the eggs and then they're going to do them. And they've already done that with some of their chickens. And so we, we hang out with two main groups of friends. Both of them have chickens. Uh, and so we're like going to get into the chicken game. And if our landlords let us, I don't know how they would feel, but yeah, so I'm excited. I want chickens and they're just so cute and they're very social. Like they're little girls. So our friends, they have the homesteaders, they have a little girl who's, I think she might be three. Her name's Nellie. And she's always holding the chickens and, and just Ellie? walking around with That's them. Confusing. Nellie That's confusing. Like, Nellie and Ellie. I mean, it's adorable. Yeah, Nellie and Ellie. And actually, Ellie has a cousin named Illy that is two weeks older than her. <laughs> Nellie, Ellie, and Illy. That's so, whoa. Illy, yep. What? It's so Okay, so, so here's my thing with the chickens. A, I admire your spontaneity. Genuinely admire your spontaneity. But for me... I think my dogs are going to kill the chickens. Like I genuinely live in fear that my dogs would jump the fence. Yeah, I don't know. And kill my chickens. I don't know because they have they have really big dogs. Like they have some farm dogs. Hmm. But this is not the worrier in me. I just worry about it. So I don't know. I have no clue how that would work. But we don't have dogs to worry about. But I can understand that worry. Uh You know, I get that. Uh It's like when I get plants. Um, Every time I bring a new plant in, I'm like. Is this toxic to cats? If it's not, Justin and I can't have that Dream ZZ plant because it's going to kill my cat. Oh, and like, you know, lilies man. like kill cats. Like literally, is it lilies? I had no clue. Pretty sure. If a cat like eats like the flower of a lily, it can like die. die. Oh my gosh. It, Sterling just drank a big swig of water and didn't breathe for like 10 seconds. So if you just heard him inhaling and exhaling like crazy, <laughs> that's what it was. Anyways. Um, I had no clue about that thing with plants. You'd have to yeah. be really super careful with that. Yeah. About that. Sterling is okay, making there, lots man. of guest appearances. Yes, he is. He is hype. <laughs> hey, I need you to go upstairs, okay? And turn off that TV, please. Dad life. All right. Anyways. So that's the first thing. So chickens. That's chickens. Love it. Hopefully that will that will come in the spring. Oh my uh, I got to run it by our landlords. I also don't know how to bring it up to them. And how do, um, what do you do in the winter? I'm sorry. I just like. No, they're like, fine. They're outside. The win- Are you serious? They're in outside? these like negative mm-hmm. degree temperatures? Yep, I guess they huddle together and and they just stay warm. Now they you keep them out of the wind, um, and I actually think it could work out really well because we have a deck here uh, at our place, and I think I can use the posts, like I can build the chicken coop under the deck, so it's like out of the rain and stuff mm-hmm. too. Um, so we'll see. I think it work it will work out in theory. I just don't know if they're like, ah, we really don't want chickens here. Right. Uh, it's kind of a weird request to ask as a renter. Bring it up either. Yeah. Well, I I'm mean, just going to ask. You're the king of communication, Chris. <clears throat> Practice what you preach. I know. I'll figure it away. I'll I'll be like, hey, I'll give you eggs. Mm. Give you some free, free eggs. Free eggs for the duration of my stay. I know <laughs> one dozen of eggs <laughs> per week. 
<clears throat> so anyways, there's that. Second thing that I wanted to tell you about is we have uh, recently gotten Hulu. I don't know if I told you this. No. Did but I tell I you this Hulu. already? I, no, I don't think so. So we got Hulu. So our whole show world has just exploded mm-hmm. with so many new shows. Mm-hmm. All of the shows. Mm-hmm. Hulu's great. Can you guess? It's reality TV. There are two shows. They're older. Ooh. One of them was on MTV. And one of them was, I don't even know what the other one would have been on. It's got like 26 seasons. <gasps> I mean, the only one that comes to my, okay, I have two. I have two guesses. Okay. Real World or The Challenge or something of the sort and Survivor or no. Amazing Race. No. Oh, what is the 26 keeping seasons? Up with the, keeping Up with the Kardashians. <sighs> okay, I've never seen it. And Jersey Shore. Oh, okay. Jersey Shore is some good yes. trash TV. Oh my God, it's so good. Jersey Shore Here's is my good. freaking complaint about Jersey Shore is that we have Hulu because we have a bundle. It's like ESPN Plus, Hulu, and Disney Plus. And in it, you can't upgrade your Hulu, at least I don't think you can, to Hulu without ads. Because if I could pay the twelve ninety nine a month to not have the ads, I would. Because every episode of Jersey Jersey Shore has like six commercials. Wait, you it drives can me though. crazy. But in the bundle? Oh, can you do that in the bundle? Oh no, I don't think you can. I don't yeah. So I'm considering dropping the bundle and just going in because the ads drive is crazy. Mm-hmm. So we've been I've been watching Jersey Shore on my own. Larry doesn't really care to watch it. And I just finished season one. I'm into season two. And I'm digging it. I'm here for it. I really wish they would they would uh, bring back more of the old M- MTV shows because they were so good. Like, um, do you remember Viva La Bam? That was on MTV. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I just I saw Bam. That show. Was, it, was it Bam? I believe it was Bam Margera who just got like let go from the jackass enterprises or whatever. Yeah, I just saw, I saw this, it. Like, he did, that, just happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. I saw that too. And that reminded me of that. There's all sorts of shows that I was watching. There used to be this, do you remember the room show where like Uh uh they could go in? Uh What was it? Was it called room Raiders? Yes. Yeah. You go in. And then I think about like how I was watching this stuff and I was like 12. Yeah. And I'm like, the black light. Yes. There's all sorts of stuff. They're finding tissues and just, it's just, I'm like, man, why the heck was I watching this stuff as a kid? But yeah, MTV, that's where it was at. So anyways, I've been watching Jersey Shore on my own. Lara and I have been watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I can't not watch it. Are you serious? Yes, we're in like season. Yes, I know it sounds silly. It does. But but we dig it. I like them. I like the family. Okay, so I have another trash TV show for you that I haven't. I don't watch a lot. I watch The Bachelor. I don't watch a whole lot of other trash TV because I'm like so consumed in other things, I guess. I Bachelor. Know. Yeah. Like Bachelor is this. Oh my gosh. I just started watching like an old like season six of The Bachelorette from like 2009 solely based on the fashion. I was like, oh, which I guess keeping up with the Kardashians <laughs> could be that way too. But like seeing fashion yeah, evolve. Yeah, some of the like earlier seasons. But my mother has just started watching Vanderpump Rules. And I've heard a lot of people never, watching I've never it. Never even heard of that. My mom said it's amazing. It's so good, and I what is it? multiple people watch it. I have to Google trash. This. I don't know it's trash TV, but anyway, she just highly recommended Vanderpump it the other day. Rules. And since you're a trash TV connoisseur, I wanted to bring it to your attention. Uh, I don't even know what this is about. Same. She also like loves Lisa Selling Vanderpump. Sunset. Oh, uh, okay. Oh wait, it is on Hulu. 
I have no clue what this is about, but this definitely looks like it's up our trash yeah. TV alley. Yeah. Oh man. Yep. I got to tell Lara we're going to watch that. Yeah. I but she's, yeah, the keeping up with, with the Kardashians thing is, is we're hooked right now. And we're like, I think we're on season six right now. Why? Um, because we, like, just, why are you we just like it. Yeah. Okay. Like there's, it, like, what it's is so it? interesting. There's a couple different things that are very, couple different story arcs that I'm really okay. intrigued by. Um, the number one that I'm really interested to see is Bruce Jenner and how they tackle him. Like Going basically through. like I'm Caitlyn Jenner, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Bruce is my favorite character in the show right now. And so it's so intriguing to me. I'm just so interested to see how they talk about it. How, if, if the cameras still follow him around, uh, her around, and if like how that whole process just pans out and, and mm-hmm. what all they share in it, because he is my favorite character. I love Bruce Jenner in seasons one through, you know, whatever it is until he then is Caitlyn Jenner mm-hmm. and then is a she. So I'm just, I'm interested to see how that plays out because right now I love him. He is amazing. He's a great dad. He is funny. Like I just like it. And and so you get an insight into him and Chris's marriage, which have a very interesting dynamic. And then you get to see, uh, I'm interested in seeing Kanye and Kim come Mm -hmm, together and he mm -hmm. just started showing up. I had no clue. She was even married. Kim Kardashian was married to some one Chris Humphreys before Mm -hmm. this came out and that that was a thing. So there's just all of these like story arcs that I've seen kind of play out that I haven't really cared about, but I know a little bit about that. I'm just right. Like you have these like little pieces of your life. You recall like certain things happening and now you're seeing like history. History is unfolding before your eyeballs. There's also just a lot that's very interesting with Kim, Chloe and, and uh, Courtney's relationship. And I just, I think I just like seeing those dynamics play out. And you would think that like, oh, and I get it. You know, they're showing, it's a TV show. Some of it's going to be played up and, and, you know, but I have to believe that there's some genuine, genuine truth there that's being displayed with their relationship as sisters, how they're processing things, the the high profile marriages that they've been in. And I just love from what it seems like, that they family is very important to them. Yeah. And they're just a na- a family that's been put in the spotlight and they're navigating lots of things. And it's crazy though, because you know, there's like 12 episodes or however many, many episodes there are in a season and it covers like a year or two year period, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just going back to back to back to back where there could be episode, months between so. things that happen. Yeah. I'd have no idea. I've literally never seen an episode. Yeah. Ever. I don't know that you would enjoy it, but we've been enjoying it. So that I that this just reminded me of this and I just want to touch on it and not dive into it but I just watched the documentary I'm not actually done with it now that I think about it Britney Spears no but I watched that too oh my yeah. gosh got so mad at Justin Timberlake um I know he had a he had a thing he released he released yes, a statement I, I like just screamed at Justin I was like Justin Justin Timberlake released okay but anyways I started watching the documentary on Aaron Hernandez have you seen it? Yeah, I saw it when it first came out. Okay, I haven't finished it yet. So, but I'm like, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm shook. I am shook. And Justin has always been a Patriots fan. His family is from Boston. He's been a Patriots fan his yep. entire life. And he was like, 
like Justin's really disgusted and he was like, I used to like love watching Aaron Hernandez play football, like love yeah. watching him play football because he was playing at the same time as Gronk and like the two of them playing like it, exactly. Yeah. And he was like, it was incredible. And now he's like watching and he's like, I can't believe these things were happening while or before. I know. Okay, so anyways, I don't want to get into it because I haven't finished it, but I just wanted to touch on that. Watch because it. Because maybe we can. I seen, I saw it. I've saw it. It. I want to say it's good, but it's not good. When I say good, it's like hard to look away. Yeah. It's captivating. Yeah. You can't stop watching. Yeah. 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 Lots of yes. So anyways. Oh, whoa. Man. Okay. Okay. So I wanted to bring up, um, so the whole reason, one of the things that got me started even thinking about this topic that we're going to be talking about today is actually stems from, number one, I've recently had uh, a few people personally close to me that have been talking about this topic, which is what is the topic that we're covering today? Drifting apart in your relationship. Yeah. Drifting apart during your relationship. And so I've had some people, some close friends, some family members talking to me about these things in their relationships. And then I saw it put on display, uh, when I watched, Oh, I think it's like an hour to an hour long episode that is on keeping up with the Kardashians where Kim and Chris Humphreys are planning their wedding. And one of the things that Chris talks about is them drifting apart and not feeling close, feeling like they don't even know the other person. And it just really like, I don't know, it just brought it to the forefront of my mind that like, it's so interesting to see these people who have all the money. I think she had a $10 million wedding. I think we Googled it. And I think it was a $10 million wedding that by the way, they only stayed married for like 72 or 75 days. It was very short lived. Yes. Talk about money down the drain. Yeah. So you have that. You have that that happens. And it was just interesting to see so many couples that we know struggle with like the anxiety of not having the money to plan it. And even when all the money in the world was available to them to plan it, they still struggled to stay close. There was still all the all of these issues that came up and and lots of fighting, lots of arguing that was going on. And so keeping up with the Kardashians kind of brought this to the forefront of my mind when we were talking about this. But I mean, drifting apart is a reality for like so many couples that people really just don't talk about. No, it's one of those taboo topics that we tend to just dive into. And it, why nobody talks about it. I think there's a little bit of shame behind yeah i would agree is this okay is it like um, is my marriage failing because we're drifting apart is like or even if you're in like the engaged steps like you maybe question if you're having like doubts and really like drifting apart can happen for a variety of reasons i mean it doesn't mean you're not compatible it's just it happens unexpectedly i know that for a lot of people it can feel like because maybe this is actually how it was for Lara and I. Like when when we were dating, um, we really didn't fight very much at all. Like there was very little tension that was in our relationship. And then once we got engaged, we did begin to have conflict more and more and more. And it was something like I actually did like wonder like, man, are we right for each other? We're drifting apart. Like we're not as close as we were. And so a little bit of doubt can begin to 
to set in, but you, you kind of hit it right on the head when you said like, yeah, this, this isn't a sign that you shouldn't be with the person that you're with or that, you know, your relationship isn't going to work, but it is alarming. I think to engaged couples, because a lot of this drifting, like this drifting apart, maybe the first time you see it might be during wedding yeah. planning and during the engagement. Yeah. Season. Cause everything else leading up to that is like, you're getting to know each other. You're learning each other. Maybe you've been together for a really long time and like things have been relatively exciting and there haven't been any, not any, but there haven't been any big situations that have come up that have like maybe taken your attention away from your relationship because you've been building your relationship. Mm -hmm. And this is like kind of a big thing that comes up where your attention may be straying and going elsewhere. And that's kind of where it can begin. Yeah, and so you actually polled our Instagram friends and you asked some questions. I love when you do that, when you interact with our listeners and our followers yeah. and, and you chat with them. And then I eat, love it even more when they chat yes. back and they actually participate. Yes. So I know you asked some questions and you had some findings. What did you figure out? I did. Out? So I'm pulling it up right now. I asked the our listeners on our Instagram stories and I did this last night. I said, have you ever experienced drifting apart in your relationship? And I didn't have a no answer. Generally, the no's are people who like don't respond. But I put yes or I'm not sure. And we had 65% of people say yes. I have so experienced drifting apart in my relationship. And 35% of people said I'm not sure if I've experienced drifting apart. I think that that I'm not sure can be kind of like maybe you don't want to admit potentially that it might be happening or maybe you're in the very early stages of drifting apart or maybe you've overcame it. Maybe it's not even on their radar, you know, like they didn't even... They haven't thought about it and they're like, you know, whoa. Yeah, they haven't even thought about it. Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I need to process that. Yeah, maybe I need to look into this. And then we asked... So 65% yes. said yes. 65% gotcha. assured yes. And then the next question, did you feel physical distance, emotional distance, or both? And we had 65% of people said both physical and emotional. 20% of people said emotional distance and not physical. And 15% said physical distance and not emotional distance. Does that make sense? Did I, did I word that correctly? Yeah. So 15% mm -hmm. of people felt physical distance, 20% felt emotional distance, and 65% felt a combination of both. And then excuse me there's like that alien that lives in me that wants to burp <laughs> um yeah so i i think that's interesting though because although i do think a combination makes the most like when you feel distance you can feel distance in all the ways so a combination yeah. does make the most sense i think like for a lot of people like me i feel and i feel like my husband would say this as well that like it's a lot of emotional distance is easier to I don't know for me I feel like I can feel emotional distance yeah. sooner than maybe physical distance yeah but I know no, that that's that not sense. true because I also know people who are experiencing physical distance and not emotional distance anyways and then yeah um the last question was did you overcome this distance on your own through therapy or do you still work on it and we had 15 percent say they went to therapy to get through it 68% said on their own or through self-research and 15% said they're still on their path. I also believe that there 
even though they're still on their path to it, one thing I didn't ask, and I really now in hindsight wish I would have, is that maybe they don't know that they're feeling this way. Like, or, you know, I should have like pulled, I don't know, Chris, like still on our path to closeness or they don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's a, there's a question here that I wish that I would have pulled for just because I don't think these three options succumb all of them. I think there's more like, I don't know. Navigating this, like I don't know one is so hard for me to navigate. Like they don't know that they're feeling this way. I don't know. Or maybe their spouse doesn't know they're feeling this way. I think that's something. Yeah. It, it's, it's like, it's an introductory Com- like it's the start of a conversation yeah like you haven't started the conversation with your spouse yet you know you're drifting apart but you've yet to bring it up that's what I mean yeah or even us having this you know even you polling is the start of the conversation yeah you know, like too I had to work through that one like man. it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I think a big part of this for a lot of people is is the shame factor of like even admitting or even going there like I know all sorts of people have, you know, these narratives that exist in their head, whether they were put there by family of origin or whether they were kind of put there by a past relationships. And so it can be hard to like this big day that you're planning to even want to consider that you're drifting apart when it's like, oh, we're drifting apart. Like, why are we even getting married? Like, it's so easy to go from one extreme to another. And, and to not want to go there during wedding planning and when this should be like super exciting, yeah. super good, like happy-go-lucky, rainbow, sunshine, butterflies, like all of that stuff. Like it should be all of those things. And then to even begin to like speculate, like, are we drifting apart? Are we not as close as we were? And then from those two thoughts, like it's so easy to go and rabbit trail and go to, should we even get married? Do they even love me? Are, are we a good so match? So maybe it's easy to just... Like it's brush it to the side, brush it off, brush your shoulders off and be like, I'm not even going to like entertain this thought. Yep. And so then what ends up happening or I could see happening is that, okay, we're just going to get married. We're just going to push through it. But those problems don't go away when you get married. If anything, they're amplified. And even though what started them, the wedding planning, even though that is over, you're still going to suffer from those like ramifications of the feelings that you were feeling. Like you still haven't resolved that closeness Oh yeah, for sure. The closeness and, and that whole thing. Um, I know that that sometimes what can happen like is is everyone starts doing their own thing. They start living or like both people start doing their own thing and they start like going down their own paths. They start living their own lives. Well, I'm just going to plan the wedding and he's just going to work his job. He works hard at, you know, fill in the blank company. And so, you know, We'll text every now and then. Maybe you guys aren't living together. Maybe you are. Um, sometimes I feel like it's harder if you are living together and then you're kind of in this path and and you're doing your thing, he's doing his thing, and you just aren't syncing up. Um, and that's kind of a, I don't know if you would say that that's kind of like the first red flag that can kind of start to happen. Yeah, I think so. And I think for the first, your first notion of it, it can, I, I don't, it's been so long this is where Chris is insightful. Mine's like my past experiences is where I come up with a lot of my insights. But Chris is just right. very insightful in general. When I think of how long it's been since I was in that like dating, courting part of my relationship. Yeah. I know that like mine comes up a lot with 
just Justin tells me a lot as just being someone who owns their own business. He's always like, I don't feel like a priority in your life. So that's like where I, it first comes up for me is my husband bringing it up to me because he doesn't feel like a priority or he feels like an accessory to my life. That's something I've heard since we just started dating was I feel like an accessory in your life. Like I don't feel like a big part of your life. I feel like I am just an accessory. And I think that, that typically there is a partner in the relationship that, that does tend to feel that way more than the other one does. Like they feel like, Oh man, I'm not a priority. I'm not getting your attention. Your yeah. job is getting your attention yeah. or your hobbies are getting all of your attention and, and there's not any leftover for me. Um, I, and I know like when Lara and I first got married, um, I shared this in an Instagram post, um, but within our first year of marriage, um, we had got to a point, like I did not do a great job prioritizing Lara. I still was acting like I was single in the sense of my time and what I was doing. My time was still very much precious to me. If I wanted to go to the mall and go buy clothes, I was going to do that. If I wanted to watch, you know, Netflix by myself, I was going to do that. If I want to play video games, I was going to do that. If I wanted to hang out with my friends, I was going to do that. And so I really didn't have very much time left over for Lara. And I remember there came a point where she just told me like, I feel like I'm living with a roommate and not my Mm -hmm. husband. And that stopped me kind of dead in my tracks and caused me to kind of, I guess, rethink how I was approaching our marriage and how much time that I was giving to my wife. Um, Because in this case, she was telling me, hey, I am not a priority. And that can be really, really, really hard for a partner to hear. It can be very hard for a partner to feel like they're not a priority. And I had to stop and it was hard to hear because it was true. Like I was not making her a priority. I think a lot of people feel this way with not feeling like a priority. I think it comes up a lot where you realize like you're not doing anything together. You're living these separate lives. Maybe like you're hanging out with your friends and your coworkers and your partner is hanging out with their friends and their coworkers and like there's not this co-mingling aspect to your life whatsoever and I think that that can start to feel when you take notice like very like isolating and for some people it's like you're you're okay with it like you were saying in the beginning of you and Lara's relationship that you guys like you were you know, going shopping or going and like you would go, you could go see a movie by yourself and like all these things and like you're fine and you're content and she's not. And I feel like that's how my relationship is too. Like I'm fine. I'm okay doing my thing. And my husband is the one who feels hurt and he's the one who feels alone and isolated. And so I think that's like an interesting perspective also that like he's a man feeling this way. And I'm the woman feeling where like, I think from like a stereotypical standpoint, you would think it's the opposite that the woman is generally the one that's like, quote unquote, I mean this so sweetly, but needy, like that's how stereotypes like make women out to be the ones that are like seeking or not getting enough attention when I think really it could go either way. I don't think that gender could play a part in this. And, and with Lara and with Justin, you know, they are in the right. <laughs> I mean, 100%. They, they are their feelings. It is how they are feelings and their feelings are their reality. And for them to say, this is how I'm feeling, you know, shouldn't be brushed, shouldn't be brushed, brushed off no. or, and it shouldn't be ignored. And, and, and so 
it's really important. Like, I don't want anyone to think that we're saying that anyone who does feel this way, they just need to get over it or move on because their feelings are a reality and they should be taken into consideration and there should be a plan that's kind of put together to move forward um, in, in this to fix this so that it doesn't stay the way that it is. Because no one, you know, I don't think anyone enters into into their marriage thinking that uh, we're not going to be close. If anything, it's because of Hollywood and, and you know, the, the media industry, like, it's been amplified that, like, your marriage is going to be the best thing ever. It's your best friend. Like, you're going to have so much fun together. When in actuality, like, that is a potential possibility, but it doesn't just come easy. You have to work for it, and you have to work at it. Um, it doesn't just happen on its own. Um, if anything, there's a gravitational pull away from each other because of the busyness of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, well, and when I think of how the media portrays and it's not even just like the media like ideally your partner is your person that you get your fun and entertainment and um intimacy from but there's also a layer of like I know that I've found myself saying to Justin who bless his heart he's just like all I want to do is spend time with you and I find myself saying like you're seeing this in the movies that like these people are inseparable but like it is okay too that we have separate lives and in alone time. Yeah, that's yeah. how I've found myself like in a reaction. But what I also need to understand too is that there is still a balance. Like I find myself finding fulfillment in work that like I find so much fulfillment in work that I don't look to him for fulfillment as well. And so I we can find ourselves in that like in that relationship drift. It's crazy. I'm sitting here just thinking about all the ways that I like you when you're the one that's feeling quote unquote attacked, which generally I'm the one feeling attacked because he's coming to me with his problem that I should respect. I come up with all of these reasons why I'm doing things the way that I am and the justifications behind why I'm so busy or why I'm not paying attention to him. Or like I have found myself in the past saying like you're just being clingy and like, maybe I don't say that to him, but I've also found myself telling other people this, you know, and I know that's something that yeah. we want to get into, but just being like, I just feel like he's so needy and I need my space and my alone time. And so with us, we have found like that we've have to have a balance. Like I do thrive on alone time. Like I need to recharge and like do my own thing and watch my own show. And he's always thought because of the media that he needs somebody that like prior to us, taking our relationship really seriously years ago he thought he wanted or should be marrying like his direct clone like someone who enjoys all the same things as him yeah that's what he thought and so he would feel that way yeah. yeah and so it was hard for me feeling like i'm battling against what he thought he was supposed to end up with which was a clone of himself and i'm like well i'm not we're opposite but that's also what's made us work anyways yeah 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 no and for sure and i'm hearing you say all this stuff and it's like the thing that I love about you two is that, you know, you guys actually talk through things and, and maybe it takes some time, you know, to actually get there, but you guys can acknowledge like, okay, something's not working here and we need to tweak this. Like this can work, but we need to tweak the way because you're saying this and, and I'm not hearing you say that I'm hearing my version of it and he's saying things. And, and so it's like, you guys are on different wavelengths, Mm -hmm. different frequencies, and so it's about like syncing up and like, okay, 
you're saying this. Do you mean this? Because that's what I'm hearing. And then he goes, oh, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this. And then you guys can like, oh, well, if you're saying that, I'm not mad anymore because I thought you were saying this. And so there's just like this closeness. It can exist, but you have to understand what your partner needs and your partner has to understand what you need and there has to be compromise. You can't, and when I'm saying you, I don't no, mean you, but actually. Also, I'm just saying yes, you in general. I'm like literally like consuming and I'm like, you're literally speaking yeah. directly to me right now. And I know you are actually <laughs> speaking to me, but like this, right. the things that you're saying, like we, he'll, he used to say to me a lot, like you're not listening to me and I'm literally like you're the only person in this room and the TV is not on you're the only thing I'm listening to what do you mean I'm not listening to you and we finally found that when he was using that verbiage it triggered something in me where I'm like yes I am I'd get like defensive but really he's just saying you're not hearing me like yes you're listening but you're not understanding me. me and so that level of understanding I think is also important and getting clarification like what I'm hearing when Justin says you, he used to use the term, I feel like an accessory. And I used to take that and go on instant defensive mode when really he was just saying like, I feel like we're drifting apart. Like I don't feel like we're a team. Yeah. Like these are all things I hear all the time. Like even still to this day, it's a consistent battle, which is why I think this is important to talk about. But we, and I'm obvious, I'm not the pro here because it's something that like who is a pro, but we well, no, battle and, and so battle I don't this. want to lead anyone on and make anyone think that Lara and I are pros at this either. Like it's one thing to have the knowledge of it and even be aware of it. It's a whole nother thing to, I mean, this is a continual process. Yes. Like you, marriage is all about like who can level one another, like who can one up another in selflessness, mm-hmm. like who can be the most selfless. Mm-hmm. That's how you make a marriage work, mm-hmm. but it's tough. It's hard because we're all human. We all want to do what we want to do. We want to focus on what we want to focus on and meet our own needs. And what marriage does is it shows you like, hey, there's this other person here and their needs matter too. Their wants matter and their feelings matter. And so it's about like biting the bullet and being selfless and going, oh, okay, you're saying this. I'm not hearing you. Let me try to hear you and hear where you're coming from. And in this conversation, if you're, you know, a man or woman hearing this conversation and you're thinking about bringing this up, like it's important to know that how and the words that you choose will affect how your partner responds. It could be the difference between a blow up and like, you know, a fight spinning out of control or like, hey, I want to bring this up to you. I want to have this conversation, but like, I just want you to know I'm not attacking you. I just want to let you know how I'm feeling. And this isn't it. This isn't me trying to attack you. Like, it's just so important that they know that whoever that is, whether that's the man or the woman. Yeah, it's. Oh, it's hard. It's hard to not, because I'm, when you're saying this, I'm like, how could it be presented in a way that doesn't feel like an attack? Because just to, you know, work through this, I don't know that, and I hop on the defensive a lot. I know this is a flaw of mine. And by the way, you guys, like I will um, speak my flaws about myself very quickly on a lot of things. And I think that there's a level of knowing that, you know, some you you can relate hopefully you can relate to me in some regard and like seeing that I'm taking responsibility for my like pitbulls but anyways 
I don't even know where I was going with that. I was just talking about my pitfalls. <laughs> I know that I was talking about my pitfalls. You were just being real. You're just saying like, I'm not, I'm not yeah. perfect. Like I can own my stuff too. Yeah. Oh, and the attacking. So I go on the defensive immediately a lot. Like I find myself always going on the defensive and Justin's like, stop being defensive. Like I want to talk about this. He's very good at communication. Um, but we, I, I, I don't know how that could be brought up and not put somebody on the defensive. Like I know. I think. You go ahead. So I, so I can just, I can bring something up. Like Lara and I just had a conversation this past Sunday. Um, what was it about? But I know I started to get, oh, okay. Here's what it actually was. We were talking about how much time we spend recording on Mondays and how, you know, da da da. And I was like, okay, well I think, or it was actually just my workload in general and how like I, she sometimes feels like I'm just doing busy work to be away from them. Like, oh, you're down in you know your office and you're editing or you're doing this or you're planning or you're recording a podcast. Sometimes I feel like you're just down there doing busy work to stay away from us. Immediately, what I want to say is, are you freaking kidding me? I'm down there busting my ass trying to like make money so that we can have food and do this yeah. and go on vacations and all this stuff. And I had to stop and like, okay, listen, like she's saying this, but she's not attacking me. She is literally communicating how she feels. Mm -hmm. So let her, let me shine some light on what's really happening. Okay. I'm down there. I'm not just, I'm not just trying to be away from the family. I'm doing this, this, and this. And we were able to have a whole conversation and come up with a better way um, for me to even be more pinpointed with how I use my time and all this stuff. But I think that first reaction is probably going to be one of defense. And I think that that's probably normal. I don't know that there's anything that anyone can do to change that except acknowledge that, hey, I'm on the defensive. Let me trust that this person loves me and that they want our relationship to grow and thrive. And I think if you shift your your view from like they're trying to discipline me to they're trying to help our marriage yeah. and our relationship, I think it's easier when you're looking through that lens as opposed to the, they're on you know, the, the attack. That's a good point because when Justin brings this up to me, that's probably one of the first things that comes up and for, like that he says that kind of like hits me in the right spot is he's like, I'm telling you this so that we work through it. I'm telling you this so that we get better. He's like, I'm not telling you this to attack you. I'm not telling you this to make you feel bad. I want our relationship to get better. And this is the way that I'm feeling like I'm feeling distant yeah. from you. I'm feeling like For you're, sure. you know, doing, and my response typically is the same thing. I'm trying to make money and put a roof over our head. Like you're currently a student. I love you. I'm proud of what you're doing. I think what you're doing is amazing going to school and getting your degree, but I feel this level of pressure, especially during this, you know, pandemic and time that I need, I have to be working a little extra. And so, and off season for, you know, wedding photographers, yeah. you know, like too. we got to work extra yeah. in this off season and take advantage of it. And so it's, it's kind of this like weird, weird balance right now, given the current state of the world, but you know, finding balance and being open in your communication is important. But that was something that he always says is I'm not saying this to attack you. I'm saying this so we can work through it because I've been feeling this and, feeling. And for that's a while. important. That's important. I think that maybe that's what can be done. So if you're the person that's starting this conversation, having this conversation with your partner, and if you do notice them like on the, like starting to become defensive, you can do what Justin does and you can say, Hey, like, which is essentially you are, you're making your intentions known. I'm not trying to attack you. I'm trying to, and then fill in the blank with whatever you're trying to do. I'm trying to let you know how I'm feeling. I'm trying to make our relationship better. 
I'm trying to communicate this to you yeah. to get your input. Like this isn't a one-sided, like I want to have a conversation. I'm not just trying to yell at you. And I think if you notice them going on the defensive, stopping and saying, hey, let me just let you know what my intentions are right now because I'm not trying to attack you. Yeah, well, and disarming. And hopefully that's kind of like, forward. that's disarming right in the get-go. Like maybe it's a, I want to bring something up and I want you to know first and foremost that I, what I think, what's hurting me, I don't think you're doing it intentionally. Like, cause that can like disarm. Like, I don't think this is happening on purpose, but this is the way that it's making Because you're feel. assuming the best. Yes. Yeah. You're assuming the best about them, which is good instead of just assuming yeah. the worst. Like I know that you're, maybe you're partner is like working 60 hour a week during tax season like that's a really like you're they're an accountant and they're working these 60 70 hour weeks and we're coming up on that right now and they're distant and you can say I know that you're working really hard and work is really hard for you and you're putting you know helping to provide for the family however this is how I've been feeling is there a way that we can connect and I guess that kind of moves into the rest of our conversation, yeah. but I want to kind of keep going down what you were mm-hmm. saying and finish that, what you were saying. So let's say that you say, yo, you're working these yeah. six hour weeks. Da, 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 da. I want to have this conversation because I, right now I'm feeling like we are not as close as I would like us yeah. to be. And I wanted to see and have a conversation about how we could stay close during this extremely busy season that you're in. Um, how can we, how can we stay close? And then it's a conversation. And then it's also flattering. Like you're letting them know, like, I want to be close to you. I like you so much that I want to be close to you. And, and I so also know that's you're like, working hard. yes, you're, you're also affirming them too. And so that's like an ideal conversation, how that would happen. Right. And there's a, multiple different ways that that can go, but Ashley, how could this conversation play out if it were to go the wrong way and not move towards health and not move towards growth? How could, how could this play out if it was like, that was a big flop that did not go the way that I wanted it to. So let's say you're bringing it up nicely. Yeah. Like we're bringing it up in the way yeah. that's like, yeah. Hey, you hear this podcast and you're like, Hey, I'm going to go talk yeah. to Brad about this. I know this. Brad that you're working and you do it and it you're bombs. working a lot and you're providing, you're saying all the nice things. You're disarming him by affirming what he's doing is good. And then saying, this is the way that I am feeling. How can we do this? And maybe then Brad, <laughs> if you have a fiance or husband named Brad, I'm sorry. Maybe Brad then is just like, <laughs> I can't believe that you think this. I work so hard for you and you're sitting here feeling like I, I do give you my time. I give you my time every morning whenever I make you breakfast. And, you know, Brad doesn't receive right. the information. Well, that, that like, this is very he's real. Not, he's not hearing yeah. you. Right. Yeah. And so it, so it happens. The closest isn't there. The partner brings it up. The communication happens. Brad doesn't receive mm-hmm. it. So then what? Then you walk away from the conversation because you tried and you continue to lead these separate lives. He, he, you might then call your mom and say, mom, you know, I don't know what to do with Brad. He isn't spending any time with me. I don't know how to connect with him. I feel so distant. He's just going to the bars after he gets off work and having some drinks at old Chicago with his friends and you know why isn't he spending this time at home with me like I'm feeling like he doesn't want to fix our relationship and then you just continue Mm -hmm. down this path of 
these leading these completely separate lives. That's so they go to so they go to advice from like a close friend or a loved one. Yeah. And then maybe they crap on them. Maybe they encourage you to fix it or whatever. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But it's pretty much, it's pretty much like okay, this conversation has been closed. Nothing's going to change. Yep. Until it gets so bad again that you bring it up again six months down the road. And nothing is. And then you're just in this vicious, vicious cycle. Yeah, which is what it looks like. I think a lot of the time, for most people, how many people have you had conversations with that you're you're just like this is a cycle. This cycle is not ending. Something different needs to happen like this has happened six or, months yeah, ago this is a toxic relationship this is a vicious cycle this is all of that and to be fair like so much of this if you haven't listened to the episode on family of origin it's it's called wtf is family of origin a lot of this stuff how we communicate drifting apart so much of this is found in like your upbringing and how you were raised how your parents communicated how much time they gave one another and so to some extent it's not brad's fault like some of this is how he was raised. Now there is now I'm not trying to just take it all off his plate. Like he has to take ownership or she has to take ownership of her stuff too. Like that has to happen. But if it takes more than one conversation, don't be surprised because some of this stuff is so deeply rooted in us that it's like it's learned habits from our the family that we grew up mm-hmm. in that we were raised in. And so if it doesn't come easy, that might be insight as to why it's not happening easy you know yeah um so do we have any solutions for how we can help people and we've kind of been alluding to some of it as as we've been talking um yeah as we've kind of been talking yeah well we want to create a picture for you to visualize if you're a visualizer it's like a two-step two-step yeah, process. Very simple. It really is really simple to digest and it's also really easy to take this action. So create this visual that your relationship with you and your spouse, partner, teammate, whoever, whatever you want to call them, you guys have this space. I picture it, I don't know how you picture it. I picture it as like a white cylinder that surrounds you and your spouse. This is your space. It's like a white light. So Happy yeah. Space. So imagine you are, you are, yes, you are just on a blank sheet of paper. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Yeah. White, white. It's this. There's white all everywhere. And yep. you are imagining a structure. Yes. And it is the space that you and your teammate occupy. This is your boundary. These, the structure that you build surrounding the two of you, it is your boundary. And you need to create these boundaries to keep your relationship safe. It is like, it is a, it is a union. It is a, what I'm looking, is sanctity a word that I want here? Sanctuary? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's your yeah, sanctuary. it's your sanctuary. This is your sanctuary. Yeah. And you need to build boundaries around your sanctuary. Your happy place. Yeah. So like boundaries, like what boundaries do they need? Like, and maybe you have the conversation around this, but specifically what, one of your boundaries might be like keeping your dirty laundry, like talking about when you guys get in a fight not defaulting to calling your friend who is just going to talk crap yeah, on Brad. Tina. Don't call Tina. <laughs> Tina's going to be the name we crap on. I'm sorry if there are any Tina listeners. Yeah, I know. Tina and Brad. <laughs> Tina and Brad. So, so yeah, yeah, don't call Tina. You don't call them. You don't call mom. Yeah. You're, you do that. And maybe that's a boundary that you guys mm-hmm. set. Another one could be that you're not going to leave the room. That's a big one that Justin and I have actually a boundary we have because I tend to walk out whenever like things are getting too heated and I do it so that I don't say things I don't mean but for him 
he has like abandonment issues. And so in knowing that about him, that like he fears being abandoned, that I can't just walk out of a room without saying something. So if I'm going to walk out, I have to say like, I need to make my intentions clear. Like I am getting upset. I'm going to walk away, regain my cool and let's like resume this in like five minutes. Yeah. Just so I can like get my temper under control. And I don't normally have a bad temper, but it happens. And you might be, and that's y'all's dynamic dynamic. Maybe there's someone who's like, they have to walk away. They cannot process immediately. Like I've, I know couples like this, that they actually, one of them, like he can never do anything on the spot. So he has to remove himself from the situation. So I remember meeting with, with these people and then bringing this up. She said, Hey, he's, he, uh, he wants to leave the room. I'm not okay with that. I don't like that. That feels disrespectful. And he's going, I literally need time to process. So they came up with rules for how to fight or boundaries. It's like, Hey, listen, if you're going to be gone, let's only make it like, let me know, like, Hey, I need to step away. I'm going to process right now. Um, we will, can we have this conversation again in 30 minutes and not just leaving it open-ended, but literally putting guidelines, boundaries on it. And I would say that boundaries are something that are meant to protect. They're meant to protect what's inside and they're meant to keep out things that aren't supposed to be there. And so think of your relationship. Like if you've never established boundaries, your relationship is wide open uh, and is vulnerable to attack from outside sources, um, foreign or domestic, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it could happen. Oh but God, what foreign. you do is when you have, when you have a conversation and you include your partner and say, Hey, listen, I want to protect our relationship. Like, and think of it like even in terms of bricks, like you can continue adding bricks as you notice that, Oh, we need to address this. Like we've established 10 boundaries on our marriage or our relationship. And then maybe you get six months down the front line. You're like, you know what? We need to add another brick to these boundaries because here's an area that we can tweak or we need to make better. Maybe you notice that, um, your partner has a bad habit of, being on their phone during dinner and maybe that's something that's important to you you have a conversation about it you both come to the realization that this needs to change and this is a boundary that you set up but it's all done with the hopes to protect your relationship um and to keep the things in that you want to keep in and to keep the things out that you want to keep out yeah or like slamming doors was another good example Mm -hmm. like that can be something that maybe you don't think of it right off the cuff when you guys might be talking in your next like little argument, or maybe you have this conversation about creating boundaries when things are like level headed, which would be ideal. But you realize later that when Tina slams doors and Tina's your friend, but you know, Tina, Tina is going to be the one of the partners in this situation. Tina slams doors and it triggers you. And Mm-hmm. that's when you realize, okay, this needs to be a boundary. Like, can you please, like if you're going to leave the room and you have to shut the door, let's not like, let's just close the door. Like let's practice closing the door. Cause a lot of it is also habit and learned and has to be unlearned. I talk about uh-huh. these, this couple a lot cause I adore them, but Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell, I love them. And they, I heard in, I don't know. I think it was, must've been some interview that when they fight, Kristen has the habit of walking away, but she used to get in her car and leave. And so they drew Mm -hmm. a boundary where, okay, 
you can't get in your car and leave. But like now, if you're or if you're going to get in your car and leave, like you're not going to leave the neighborhood. And then like if you're going to get in your car and leave, you're not going to leave the driveway. And if you're going to right. leave now, you're not going to get in your car. You're just going to walk out of the room and stand on the other side of the door. So they started like baby stepping their way back to her not leaving the room but for a long time they just had to baby step because she'd been doing it for so long yeah and then she had to restrain herself okay i'm not gonna like leave i'm just gonna stay in the neighborhood and that was kind of the way that they worked through that boundary which i always have found fascinating and i i really do think that if you want to continue to de or disarm potential conflicts um potential landmines you can say would you please not uh slam the door because or and here's why and actually let them know what you're thinking like and this is where communication is so important because you're sharing with people your why like here's why I'm feeling this way here's why I don't want you to do this thing and it could be because of past trauma it could be because it makes you feel a certain way it doesn't matter what it is all that matters is that you are communicating and that you've thought through that reasoning you know as well as to why you're requesting this from yeah them. yeah so with these boundaries now you've created the structure you you've created these bricks that created your boundaries for your personal space and your personal space is for you and your your, your sacred space this is for you and your spouse and but just a sacred space will not create intimacy will no it? exactly just because you've created these boundaries now we've got to work on coming back together because maybe we've realized we're drifting apart we've acknowledged that we've created these boundaries how are we going to come back together and like close that gap and create that closeness yeah. again you got to fill it with something okay i like it okay so like it so here's what i think when <laughs> lara and i always say that we always say i like it i like, I like it a lot it. we repeat like it, it twice <laughs> so you can fill the space with rituals and you can actually create rituals. And these rituals are meant to kind of create that intimacy. It's you shifting your focus and being intentional with like, okay, what are some things that we can do while we're in this space that can help us have this connection, that can help us feel close again? And so it, it's basically structured time together as a couple. And you may feel like, man, that's really lame. Like, what about the spontaneity? What about the romance and the passion and the randomness? And it's like, listen, that happens in Disney movies. Like, in real life, maybe that happens every now and then. But I also fully believe that relationships built on passion can fall just as quickly, just as crumble. Like, they can crumble just as quickly as as they can, as much as they flare up. Like, structure and planning may not seem sexy, but man, it will help pave like your marriage with lots of intimacy. And when we say intimacy, we're not just, we're not talking sexual. Like we're talking this closeness that you feel with your person. You know them on a deep level. They know you on a deep level. It's a desire to be known, seen, heard. You're vulnerable vulnerable with them. And, and you just enjoy one another. Like it's this deep, deep connection that you have. That's intimacy. And so you've created this space and now you want to feel it with rituals. And so um, I think that this is a good practice to get into, but you can ask yourself the, like you can basically create rituals that happen on a, in a time frame. My advice would be to create rituals that happen every day, every week, every month. Uh, if you want to go 
uh, and annually. So every day, every week, every month, and annually. If you want to kick it up a notch, you can do quarterly too. Um, and here's what that would look like because that may sound very overwhelming to some people. It does. Like, wow, we're going to do all of that. How can I carve out Let me that break much down. time is how I feel. Yeah, because a lot of times when people are drifting, sometimes it's just because of the busyness of life. And now it's like, well, now you're telling me to add daily things, weekly things, monthly things, annual things. And if we're super extra, quarterly things like... What? We're just, you know, it's not going to work out. It's not going to happen. But this doesn't have to be as overwhelming as it sounds. So here's a very practical way that you can approach something like this. So daily, your daily connecting point could be that you spend 10 minutes catching up. And that could be you have coffee in the morning together. If your schedule, work schedule allows it, you, um, before bed, uh, like right before bed, if you watch TV, you turn off the TV and the last thing that you guys do is you say, Hey, what's your daily gratitude? You know, what are your three gratitudes? Or, uh, tell me something awesome. What was a high of your day? High and low is a really easy thing to do. Like what was the, what was a high that happened today? What was something good? And also what was something that was a low something that was not so good. And then that way you're able to celebrate with them. And then you're able to, um, maybe process something that was a little hard with them there. So you're celebrating and you're connecting on a deeper level that may not even take 10 minutes, but you would be surprised that like you giving your relationship 10 minutes of attention every single day, how much it will do. It's like you're, you're giving it oxygen and it's so, so, so important. And you need that daily. I think putting it at like a time, like you're saying, like do it at bedtime or when you wake up or like when you get home from work, actually Mm -hmm. devoting that specific time is important because if it's not there it's so easy to just forget and to not actually intentionally spend that time because if you're not putting those parameters on like life and time can get away from you without you even realizing it and before you know it you're drifting again yep so i totally agree it's so true so something that lara just told me the other day we um she loves to cook with me like when we cook together I don't like it because I'm a control freak, but she, she really likes it. Um, and, and so she told me that she really likes it because we don't do very many things together. Like there's like actually doing, like we don't have hot, the similar hobbies. We don't have similar interests. And so that's something that's like, we like to eat and, um, cooking is fun, but she likes it because we're together doing Mm -hmm. it. And so you may need to figure out like, maybe it's not talking, maybe it's doing something like cooking together or, or I don't know, drinking tea together before bed, hot tea decaffeinated. Like, I don't know what it is, but make it something like if talking isn't going to work, maybe make it something that you do together. Which this reminds me, I I hear your sweet kids, your kids, if you have children, (laughs) We are going to call them in this scenario of your sacred space. They are space invaders. They are not factors in this daily, weekly, monthly things. They, they aren't invading your space because if you think about it from the aspect of like your kids are under your wing for 18 years, maybe, maybe more, but 18 years. And so when your kids are gone, if you haven't fostered this relationship, it's so easy for when they're gone for you to get your left with your teammate and spouse 
and you don't know them anymore? Or what do you talk about them when the kids aren't a conversation topic because you stopped dating? Well, and it happens to so many people because it's so easy for your kids to consume all of your life. And my cousin, a lot of my family actually is like really good at this. Um, But I have a cousin and her, she's married to her husband and they have three kids and they for so long I've always looked up to the way that they intentionally went on dates like consistently it was like every couple of weeks like they would consistently go out on a date and maybe it was monthly I don't I was young because I babysat for the kids but I just remember thinking how amazing it was that they made their relationship such a priority that it didn't revolve completely and entirely around the kids. And even still, like when I see them post about each other on social media, like it's so genuine. Like they true, like he shared the other day, he was like, this is my favorite person on the planet. Like she is my favorite person. And I like believe it, you know? And I think it's so easy for your kids to become your favorite people. And because they, they are, they're like your favorite little people, but yeah, they are your favorite, but your spouse. I, I mean, I could totally speak to this too. And I can't, like, so it's so, it's so easy. Well, but I mean, you can, in the sense that you've seen it when it, like we've seen it with probably people that we know in our lives that have not made it a priority oh, yeah. and people that oh, have absolutely. and the people that have, it's There's like, I, you want that, yes. you want the marriage that they yeah. have. And it's so easy as a parent for your kids to take the forefront of your mind because they need the most attention. And then at the end of the day, you know, sometimes you're laying next to your person and your kids are in the other room going to sleep and it just feels like it's just chaos. Like you're just serving these people. You're just loving them. You're just constantly pouring out. And then you get to to the end of the day and there's nothing left to pour into your other spouse because you've just been pouring out to these kids. Um, and if you're a stay-at-home parent, it's even yeah. harder. But it just shows even more like you really need your person. And and yeah, they can they're not invited into your mm-hmm. space. This this area, this this place, these boundaries that you've put up, they're meant to keep the kids mm-hmm. out too. Um, and you have to protect and prioritize your marriage, your relationship, all of that stuff. It's so, so, so important. So daily, you got to do something daily. Um, you figure out what that time length is, whatever. It's going to be different for every couple. But something daily is going to be very important. Weekly, super easy, low-hanging fruit, date night. Have a date night. Take them out once a week. Um, and I just found this resource. If you um, like, if you go and look up um, Full Focus Planner on Instagram, they recently had a, a post uh, on their feed that was talking about, uh, maybe I can link it in the show notes, a post in their feed that was talking about basically eight questions to ask uh, on every date night and they're super generic like hey tell me tell me something that you've been struggling with lately da, 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 this and that and so it's not just going out on a date and eating dinner because let's be honest that doesn't also always foster connection either the deeper questions and the having a conversation that's what does it mm-hmm. when you're feeling heard when you're feeling known and asking these same questions over and over again although they may seem like how is that going to be interesting every week your weeks change every week and so do the things that you're thinking, processing and feeling. And so that could be something that you do as you process these questions um, and you, and you figure out like it, it's just a talking point. So you're not having to worry at worry about what to talk about because let's be honest. I mean, there's been times with Lara and I, after seven years of marriage, you know, that there's been moments where we're like, we don't have anything to talk about. 
And there's something really cool to just be able to sit with each other and be present with each other and uh, and not feel the pressure to talk. But it's also great when you do talk. Yeah, well, I it's think that that's better. a good point because I do know some couples who they're like, the last thing I want to do is go out to dinner with my spouse because I don't know what to talk to them about. And like this comes, this is like might be also something that maybe the beginning of the episode would have gotten people to be like, ooh, that's me. Like I maybe I am drifting apart from my spouse because I don't know how to speak to them anymore. And this you sit this in is silence. There's nothing worse than sitting in silence at a restaurant. Yeah. Time what, after time after time, week we after week after week. Yeah. Yeah. Because then that, ooh, even that's kind of a reality of like, wow, this thing is really fizzling and out. But mm-hmm. it can, it doesn't have to stay that way. It nope. doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. It have to can be the change. Same. So yeah. that's an example of a weekly thing. Yeah. Well, I think you you, t- you talked about on Sundays having like a weekly meeting. This was like when we first back when we first met a couple years ago, and yeah, one of the things I like looked up like weekly check ins like with your spouse on Google, and there are so many things to consistently ask like, how, what are you struggling with? Was one like what? What can, how can I support you this week was another question that yeah, worked really that well. That was one of the ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you can just, you don't know how you can support your spouse. You, if you don't know what they're struggling with. Yeah. And there's always, there's always something. I mean, that whole thing that actually the question that I asked Lara was how can I support you this better support you this week? And that's when we started talking about my work schedule and how I'm spending my time mm-hmm. and you know, that whole thing. So it opened up a whole thing, a whole conversation that we came up with practical steps to make it better in these weekly meetings. Like we just started having them again after not doing them for like a mm-hmm. year and they make the, it, they make the difference. It's essential. It's essentially time that you're carving out to look at the week that you have upcoming to, to process it. Hey, here's what we have. We have Billy's game on Tuesday or whatever. And we're meeting with the, yeah. I don't know. Well, and you're both on the same page. Whoever's regard. Yeah. You're getting on the same page. You're touching base yeah. and it's intentional in a weekly moment to do that. Yeah. So, uh, daily time, 10 minutes or something catching up. You got weekly date night, something like that. Monthly. Maybe this is something where you're like, Oh, so I was talking about doing something together. Maybe you both enjoy, you found that you enjoy, uh, golfing or just not golfing, maybe just shooting, like hitting golf balls on the driving range or doing like a paint the town mm-hmm. or a pottery, you know, something that you both a new habit that you're learning together. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you've always wanted to do glass blowing and you two know nothing about it. And that's the mm-hmm. thing that you do once a month. It's this special thing that, that you guys find to do. Um, and you make it a priority and then annually a vacation where you guys get away and it's just you two. There's no work. Uh, if you're a young professional and you're tied to your work often, just getting away, leaving the laptop at home, do not disturb on the emails, you know, all that kind of thing. Or, you know, if you're a parent and you're raising kids, you don't bring the kids. It's just you two that gets away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know for a while, Larry and I were trying to incorporate a quarterly one to where we could get away to like KC or OKC, something that's like two and a half yeah. hours away and just stay the night in another city. Um, and that was really great when we could pull it yeah. off. Yeah. Well, and it's hard when kids are, are a factor for the long period of time because you need them. That has typically become our annual yeah. one right now. It's like we're just getting away once yeah. a year, just, you know, but it'll change once they get a little bit older mm-hmm. too. But this is intentionality and you're filling that space to where these moments can happen. And I think there's no shame in finding questions like date night questions. You can probably Google that yep. and find so many to ask and to come prepared and it may feel lame 
but you are being intentional and you're working on your marriage and you're cultivating a culture of intimacy. That's what you're trying to do. And so do not feel bad about that. Don't feel lame about that Yeah. because you're taking your marriage and your relationship seriously. Well, and these could be, these questions may, like I find myself when Justin and I are having like deep conversations, I will look at him and be like, wow, I've actually never said this to anybody in my whole life. And like, I still do that. We've been together for seven years and I still come across moments where I'm like, wow, I've never told anybody this. Or like, I've never even realized this about myself. And so you, it's those in those vulnerable moments that you find that closeness and that intimacy with your partner. So if you are hearing all of this and you're feeling like, man, I really do feel like we're I'm seeing the signs of us drifting or maybe you already have drifted apart. Um, you're wondering what's your first step. We've already kind of walked through these. You want to, you want to, um, create boundaries and then you want to create rituals. But even before you do those things, you have to step into a conversation. You have to let your partner know how you're feeling. I also think something that you can do within this creating boundaries and rituals. I've seen the Phil Greens, they're photographers. They're in Waco now, but they used to be here in Kansas. They created, and I have told them because they have created a date night magazine and they, it was for, yeah, it was for, it started in January. I don't think that they have any more left, but I wanted them to create this thing that they put on their fridge and they put their weekly, their daily, their weekly, their quarterly and their annually like goals to spend together or like, it's even like post because they're in the business. So post on social media and they'll like on their fridge, just like mark it off when they do it each day. And it's for the week and then they have it in like, it's, it's amazing. So even if you just have that physical reminder of like, did we connect today? Like, did we have our daily meeting? And then like, have we had our weekly date? It's really, I'm, I'm just going to have to bug them to do this and like create yeah, this that's legit. That sounds really, really awesome. Like that sounds like a great tool. Yeah. If it's just like this, con- they have them in like little cubes, like it's like a grid of like there's seven spaces for meeting each day. And then she had like one space for their weekly date. They also had like another space for like having people invite a friend over for dinner. And like it, it's it's really cool. So that's even something that you can implement in your own life. Find a little system that works for you. Um, but I'm going to have to tell them that they need to do something with that. <laughs> I think the other thing too to remember is that like you can totally carve out time. Like once you have this conversation and if you guys decide like, hey, you know what? Like, yeah, we are on the same page. We are drifting apart. We do, you know, want to create boundaries. We do want to create rituals to to make to make that a date night and go, okay, let's do this. Let's plan on going out and having dinner. And then maybe afterwards we can go uh, grab drinks and I'll take a notebook and then we're going to look at our schedule and we're going to plan this out. We're going to plan, you know, and maybe it's very overwhelming for you to think of all of these. Um, If it's not and you want to get dates on the calendar, do it. Go for it. Because if it's on the calendar, it's going to increase the likelihood of it's happening. 100%. Um, but if you are very overwhelmed, both of you are the type of people that that's super overwhelming, maybe just start with the day and the week. Yeah. Right? Like just start with the daily and then the weekly and then work up to mm-hmm. it. Um, but if you're ready and you you and your partner are very serious about being intentional, get the dates on the calendar. Make it a date night to talk through all of this stuff. Get drinks, all that type of thing. And I think you're going to find that it's way more enjoyable to actually 
I mean, it, it is intimate to do something like this. You are drawing close. You're both working on your relationship. Together. And that's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's a super good thing. Well, I think that's a really great place to wrap up this week. Yeah. I was going to say, do you have anything else? I, I don't. I think that starting with, with just even daily can be hard for people. And so start, or even like just starting having the conversation. So do something for yourself and your relationship this week stretch yourself a little bit, have this conversation and try to ignite more meaningful, intentional conversations in your relationship to promote that intimacy that maybe you're missing. And maybe you're, you don't feel like you're drifting apart at all, but I think that this is beneficial regardless. 100%. Um, thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Uh, feel free to shoot us a direct message, a DM. If you want to just talk to us about anything that you've learned, anything that's standing out to you, any steps that you've taken, if we can celebrate with you, um, with any wins that you've taken away from the podcast and implemented, we would love to do that. You can follow us at the bridal breakdown on Instagram. You can also find resources in all of our episodes, um, uh, in a contact form and all sorts of stuff on our website at thebridalbreakdown.com. And we just appreciate you guys so much. And we're so thankful that you guys are tuning in each and every week. Yes, we are. Okay. We'll see you guys on Friday on Friday for our mini breakdown. Yep. Have a good one. See ya.